I mean, like, everyone's on Instagram is always showing, like, here's my best life. Look at my unicorn frappuccino. Look at me and my super attractive significant other. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm... I'm not about that. I'm about the fun stuff and like the terrible stuff. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> like the scene you, that came out of my nose. You like oh it real, God. yeah. You, you like. It real. Yeah. <laughs> so on that day, I had gone to the doctor to see what was wrong with me, and I have um, viral pharyngitis, which is just fancy for sore throat. Yeah. And the entire day like my nose was bothering me and I would blow my nose and like nothing was coming out and I'm like there's something in there and why won't it come out I know there's something in there oh this sounds like a this sounds like a horror movie it really does so then I'm like I'm gonna give it one good like blow and I did <laughs> did you pop and your this... ears did you pop your ears uh no but I felt so much better afterwards because then I could actually breathe properly again. And I look at this thing and I'm like, oh, my God, Arya, what is this? And he's like, holy shit, what is that? And I'm like, I think it's a piece of my brain. And he's like, oh, that's why you're so dumb. And I'm like, oh, did he go there? It's it's fine. He was kidding. And then he's like, take a picture of it. And I'm like, no, you take a picture. And he's like, you're the one with the crazy stuff on oh. your photo roll. So I'm like, you're right. And I took a picture. And you're I was like, right. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna Instagram this and share it with everybody. And then I get all these like comments and messages of like, you should see a doctor. You should use a humidifier. That's really gross. Or that is awesome. Like I've got a well, weird glad. set of friends. I mean, yeah, that is, glad, uh, yeah. yeah, that was some like, I don't know about you, Yannick, but like I almost couldn't look at that photo. I mean, I looked at it. I don't think I looked at it, and, but she showed it to me like in real life. She was like, "Hey, look, look at what came out of my human body." I was like, "Nice, thank you, thank you so much." And then um, I I've never had like anything body. that large, you know, come out of my nose. So I was like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty impressive." Impressive. It's a beautiful thing. But then I moved on. I don't think I ever try to think about it later. I had nightmares about it. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't. It was just just like so. Yeah, people. If you if you haven't taken the time yet, go and (laughs) go and look at Sandy's Instagram and see if you want to be totally gross. Do Do you guys ever watch those videos on YouTube that are like? Like the Doctor Pimple popping, Popper, yes. Or... <laughs> no, I don't know. Yes, I do. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 dude. So, well, Jessica... at least I don't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica I and I it. went down a rabbit hole uh, a couple weeks back where we were just like, we were watching like cysts being removed. Oh, and... It's no. so crazy. Oh no! Crazy, crazy. Doctor Pimple Popper is funny because like everything she's like, look at it, it's so cute, and I'm like, I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but... I don't know yeah, if I'd call far. these things cute. I would call them sebum. Twenty sixth, two thousand seventeen. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy, and I'm Yannick. And this is Six Sandy Weekly. 
No, this is Pixels Weekly. <laughs> it's Pixels Weekly. And Sandy's yeah. sick. I almost yeah, it didn't does recognize feel like her. I almost didn't recognize her. Every week, man, I've got something. <laughs> uh, Some listeners so are going to They're going to enjoy the peace and quiet. It affects our listeners. This is the most quiet you've ever been on the show. Mm. <laughs> Usually it's all loud, loud, loud laughter and giggles, and now this week, subdued. Well, hey, b- before we start, this is a big time right now. If you're here listening to the show on release day, just make mm. sure you tell your friends, this is not Monday, just so you know. You time travel to Wednesday. Oh. It feels weird, I know. We should be here talking about Monday stuff. Talking Welcome to Wednesday. What does Wednesday feel like, stuff. you guys? Huh? How does it feel to be on Wednesday? I know. I mean, I feel like, you know, you know, Wednesday is kid day. It's like playtime day. It's supposed to be fun day. You just have morning to work with, and then the afternoon sounds like a fun time. It's the middle of the week, you know? Right. Good, I feel like good play. things happen on Wednesdays. Good thing happens mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Yeah. I have a colleague of mine. I don't know if you know Sandy, but one of our colleagues always says that the third week of the month is the one that where something bad happens all the time. Oh, maybe God. maybe it happens on Wednesdays, but Wednesday seems to be immune to any kind of bad thing happening in the world. Wednesday is a, hopefully a good day. Hopefully. I mean, well, it's always a good day when you listen to Pixels Weekly, but... Oh, yes. It's always a good day when you're listening to Pixels Weekly, which uh, we are coming out every week, despite the fact that we've had a little bit of a gap uh, this past week. Uh, and we're here to talk about video games, video game news, and we've got some good news coming up today on the show. Just like StarCraft going free, Ooh. Target's Mario Kart 8 promotion, and Yannick and Sandy went on a trip to the NYU Game Center, and we're going to hear all about it. So. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, well, let's get into it, guys. Well, the first thing, the first thing I want to know, you've been playing a game all week, and I have oh. no idea why you've been playing it. I have no idea why you, Curtis and Tyler, Factorio, right? Have been yeah, have been united around this engineering game. So I want to know <laughs> about this piece of news right here, right now. I don't want to wait. I don't want to tease it. I just want to know. All right. Well, let's let's kick off then. I'll I'll start with Factorio. Um, Factorio is a game that was in my, uh, that the computer, Steam's computer algorithm recommended to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I looked at it and I I looked at it at first and I was like, this kind of looks like Starcraft or whatever, Starcraft one. And then it, it literally says, actually, let me bring it up here. So I make sure I get it right. I'm going to pull it up. And uh, let it load for a second. But essentially, Factorio's Steam page has a quote on it from the creator of Minecraft. I think his is Notch. Is that his name? That guy who outbid Beyonce and Jay-Z in a house. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Outbid, uh, outbid Jay-Z guy. Um, I'm going to go to the, the Steam Storm page because I want to get the quote right. So it says down in the what people say about Factorio, and the, the, the attribution is great. None other game in the history of gaming handles the logistic side of management simulator so perfectly. That quote is attributed to just Reddit. Just the whole website <laughs> Reddit said. <laughs> the next is, I see conveyor belts when I close my eyes. I may have been binging Factorio lately. Notch from Mojang said that. 
And then somebody else said, Factorio is a super duper awesome game. Anyway, here's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's a game where you're a guy and you gotta go you gotta go look at screenshots kind of while I talk talk to you about this. So you're a guy that lands on a planet and like most of these like sort of generic survival games you can gather resources with like a mining pick but i think what makes factorio super super unique is a couple things which is number one it has it does not keep you in like minecraft mode of like doing your own harvesting forever instead your job is to sort of set up machines that will do the harvesting for you. And then once you have those machines doing that sort of stuff, you start to move up a, what I think is a pretty incredibly, this is an early access game. Um, and I have different feelings about early access games, but uh, <laughs> I think this one is, is very good. Um, it, you start moving up a completely, super like unique and also extremely satisfying tech tree that is miles deep there's a ton of stuff to research and a ton of stuff to learn and now yannick i'm gonna tap into your brain here a little bit you're an engineer and the feeling you get when you unlock a new technology and then you're allowed mm -hmm. to have different efficiencies you just want to go back and refactor all your stuff. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so that sounds familiar. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> right. So fix suddenly, shit, you know? right? Fix it, fix it, fix it. And so suddenly, you go. Well, I was doing this with like four buildings, but now I can do it with two, but like a more like more elaborate conveyor belt. So you, everything is essentially like mining things that goes on to conveyor belts and the conveyor belts have different mechanics. Like, uh, you can place items on both sides of a conveyor belt. So conveyor belts can hold two different types of items at a time. And then you get into inventing machines, which allows you to automate the construction of anything that takes two ingredients. And so, of course, now you start to stack those. You're like, okay, well, this thing takes four ingredients, so now I need to have, like, one making two things, one making two things, and then those two outputting into a conveyor belt that converges, and then that feeds into this new thing. And, that. and so you can look at increasingly weird stuff, but I did do... Uh, a momentary sort of awkward i'll try and do a more official live stream of it uh this week but i did do a live stream and you can watch me mess around and it starts in a basic basic game but since we spoke last i have let me just look here yeah i put in 34 hours <laughs> yeah you wow. were putting this a lot i was oh, wow. um every now and then i will look at the discord chat and it's you, Curtis, and Tyler all playing Factorio. And then I'm like, this is definitely a Ryan game. Yeah, I, I, I saw it and immediately went, if this game is good... It could be the kind of game that I'm gonna like lose my life, my life. To. <laughs> so uh, the small story behind that is I bought it. I played the tutorial, literally just the tutorial. I quit the game, and then I immediately went on my phone and sent both of my brothers a text message, or two of my brothers a text message, and I said, you have to buy this game right now. 
<laughs> it's weird because like from the up, so it's like an upper view strategy RTS kind of view, and it just looks like motherboard circuit when you don't know what's happening. It just yeah. looks like a bunch of, it just looks like a bunch of components mixed together, and it's like, are you building this? How can you understand what's happening here? It's very confusing when you don't really know what's happening. See, and 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 it has all these mechanics that work really well across this sort of Quintel brother spectrum, which is like Tyler wants to do weird stuff and like cause chaos and mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. do idle tasks like shoot bugs and like you produce pollution with your machines and it starts to attract like hostile wildlife yeah. that comes and attacks you and stuff. So Tyler's like making all this military equipment and he built a train track and he's just riding around a train track like a maniac just back and forth. Curtis is looking at the tech tree and like, okay, now we need to get this thing. So this thing produces at this rate and he's like doing the math and figuring that out. And I, the designer, right, I'm going in there and like, these can be beautiful and flow and just everything. <laughs> Is perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. This sounds like it's really like fit for our our um our our, our type of people if I wanna if I wanna try to <laughs> categorize us. Yeah. It's funny. But it's like we played Astroneer together in space and it was a relaxing thing about exploring a planet and finding components and researching and building Uh, building um, vehicles and more buildings to create more and do more and yeah. be more energy efficient. But yeah, I couldn't except really find a goal. Tyler was goal trying to here? kill everyone. And Tyler was trying to kill everyone. <laughs> Tyler. And drawing like, giant space the... penises. So like, what's, <laughs> what's the ultimate? If I can ask, maybe there's none, but is there a goal in this one? Because with Astroneer, pretty much came down to that same like ending where you're like okay well it never ends that's cool but yeah so but i love astroneer i love astroneer for the yeah. actually weirdly the exact same reasons why i love this game which is like yeah. weird place and you end up like really developing some cool stuff i mm -hmm. think astroneer feels super shallow in yeah. comparison to this like this game i guess has been in development for like three or four years so it, yeah. they've added a lot of a lot of stuff to it like So to uh, I'll speak to first the end game and then I'll go into some details. So the end game is you were supposed to get all the way through the tech tree, build a rocket ship and get off the planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that is that is the end game. There is an end game. Uh, it whereas like an astroneer, once you get into a rocket, you just go to a new planet and do the same like 10 level deep tech tree again. It's not that yeah. it's not even 10 levels deep. It's like two or three levels deep, right? Yeah. Whereas this game. I've never, I haven't come close to the end game. And honestly, I've repeated the beginning of the game probably like 30 times because it's so satisfying going from like having to chop down trees yourself to just having just huge conveyor belts and oil refineries and stuff. And, um, and like the, the level of detail is they have, uh, I guess this is kind of like redstone or something in Minecraft, but you can, You can actually, uh, like, create a train system and have it program stops and have the train automate, like, load up resources in one place. Where, and that's organically wherever you want. Deposit in another place. You can have multiple trains running and lights and stuff that are automating, switching them between tracks and all that. You also have, um, like, circuits. So there, you, you have, like arms that pull things off of conveyor belts and you have some arms that will only look for a particular resource or a couple of particular resources so you can kind of specialize your flow of stuff it, it it goes so many levels deep 
And if you're if you're really getting the most out of the game, you're kind of getting joy off of that stuff. And yeah, there's combat too, and eventually you're building like walls and defenses. But uh, just just like figuring out a way to like you'll you'll have conveyor belts or something, and then you'll see all of a sudden something will be super backed up, and you're like, why are we making all this iron, like all these iron mm-hmm. plates? And then you're like, oh, it's because the gears aren't, like, the gears aren't getting copper. Okay, now we got to get more copper down. The- <laughs> it's just like, it keeps stacking on top of each other. I got to get you guys to play this game with me. For, like, resource management. It's super, like. And on, on Tuesday, it sounds like, I mean, by the time we were, by the time we have this podcast out, it sounds like the 0.15 beta version is coming out. And with it comes PvP. So I, I wonder how that, what's going to add to it. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the Reddit and people are saying, you know, like, get ready for point fifteen <laughs> and PvP mode is coming up in point fifteen. Uh, it's already out by the time we have we're talking about this right now. Oh, my God. There's <laughs> PvP. Get it ready. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, ready. my God, dude. That, that shit. That's that. I don't I don't even know what that means either. But like. So but you, you lost it and was, you want it. <laughs> exactly. I have it and I want it. I, my favorite thing in StarCraft, admittedly, is building my base. Honestly, mm-hmm. being Zerg Rush is a pain in the ass. Everything else is a complete bother to me. But building mm-hmm. my Protoss base is my favorite thing in StarCraft. This is a game just about building your base. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh. So passionate. <laughs> I wanted to hear it, hear you of it. Yes. Yeah, if any right. listener out there wants to play some Factorio, jump on Discord Send me a message. As long as I'm out of work, I will jump on Factorio. I've actually gotten a couple of hairy eyeballs from my girlfriend, who literally said, she said this quote to me today. She said, you just going to uh, play Factorio all day again? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, it's kind of a displeasing. And, and honestly, like I loved Zelda, so I was very compelled to play a lot of Zelda um, because it was so fun. But I don't love this game i'm painfully addicted to this game (laughs) yeah i mean i get it It makes sense so resource management you say you're gonna get it (laughs) what sandy we're gonna try to compete we'll play just the two of us in a co-op world and try to be more productive than them and see how that goes that you know that's not possible like well, the, oh, so that's the We're other thing, mess. too. You do all this as, like, your own guy. And, like, having a little physical presence of your of your character, I think, adds a lot to the game. Like, you can't. It does. It's not god mode, so it doesn't, you can't build too far away yeah. from your character. And you have to yeah. physically go to location, location. But also, that that also means that when you are playing multiplayer, so when Curtis and Tyler and I all jump into a game, everybody, it's treated completely neutrally. It's not like, this is player one's building, you can't, like, mess with player one's building. Like, you can pick up and replace anybody's building you want. Like, you, if somebody is doing something, you can just go take their stuff. Or, but <laughs> also, all three of you work to the same tech tree and advance all together. So this incredibly non-biased, flat structure of a co-op game is is extremely compelling. And I don't think I've I've played a game like this it feels like minecraft with a point to me right because i tried playing minecraft and i did not enjoy it 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I like sort of coming up with like, oh, a super cool looking house or something in Minecraft. But something about yeah, just like okay, I know the goal is to like get to this new technology to get to that new technology we're going to need these resources to get those resources we need to set up a supply chain that provides us with x y and z is all like really super cool and now i'm reading that patch that you said and uh, nuclear power they're adding that's that's huge Power management is such a thing in this game. And so I've become North Korea, uh, scaring everybody. Yeah. Uh, Actually, nuclear power is very beneficial for everyone. It's just true. everyone's afraid of it. Yeah, plus I feel bad. There's also subtext to this game that is not... It's not in your face, but is certainly a little, like, odd if you think of it, which is, like, the entire point of a planet is to arrive at a planet you've never been at and basically just completely raid it of its natural resources. And, like, I mean, that we're humans, by the right? end, what we do. Curtis and I and Tyler had a, a, a map going where we've got drones now, and Curtis just had the drones, like, remove huge swaths of forest. And I was, I went up to the Felt top bad. of the map, and I, went, I was like, where did the trees go? It's <laughs> like, I just got rid of them. I was like, D- oh, oh, you took away the trees, man. <laughs> Sorry, that's, so that's it on Factorio, but oh, God, it's 20 bucks. It's 20 bucks. 20 Honestly, bucks. I'm going to see if I can just pitch you guys continuously all week, and if you don't, maybe I'll buy you a How copy. much do you say? I think it's 20. Is it 20? 20. How much do you say? 20. How much? 20. <laughs> Get it. 20 bucks. Get the Get for, the, for, the, for the passion and the grip that you have on this thing, it's worth it. Yeah. I'm happy for you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're like a new man. All right, Sandy. We'll, we'll, we won't take it hard on you, but you, you better nail it with the news because we started right. <laughs> okay. I think I'm done dying. Okay. Okay. Oh, no. It just like sound worse now. Other than that, I think if I try to talk anymore... Yeah, yeah, no. You I'm gonna like, kill myself. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh my god. Uh, because you... the universe is terrible. Ryan, you want to head to that and just? Oh, like, I, I thought she was gonna say because and then go into her next piece of news. <laughs> 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 yeah, you'd be like, that is something I would do. No, 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 no. Don't try. Don't try. We'll do. Oh. We'll do the show. Sandy's here sick, and Sandy should have been with me. You said it. You said it, Ryan. Um, uh, I went to the NYU Game Center this week, and uh, Cindy should have come with me, and fortunately she wasn't able to be here, so I'm going to try to tell her the story of this event I went to uh, on Thursday. Yeah, I want to hear about this. I saw last, pictures. Last, last week. So we, we did, uh, when we started our show a year ago, we really started with the intention of having guests on the show, and Cindy and I started going to the NYU Game Center last year where they had really great talks, uh, and, and for example... Um, Mr. Van Dusen, who I forgot the first name of right now tonight. Brooke. Brooke Van Dusen. Brooke Van Dusen. Brooke. There we go. And then Sandy is, is writing it on a chat. And I completely forgot his first name, so I <laughs> apologize. Um, Brooke Van Dusen, who was back in the days, he now is not part of Twitch anymore. Uh, but he was the director of like Twitch Dev, uh, which was pretty much Twitch collaborating with game developers. Like, uh, d- 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 like 
developing the game developer studios, working on integrating Twitch into games directly. And uh, he came on the show and we met him through the NYU Game Center where he gave a talk about it. Um, and uh, with Sandy, we're like, oh, spring is back. They're going to have those talks back. And it, they were not really active with talks, but we couldn't miss. And, and I found out randomly this week that they had Harvey Smith, who is no, who is the creative director of the Dishonored and Dishonored 2 games. And mm. I was like, whoa, I mean, I've never played those games, but I've heard so much about it. Such a great design of it. Um, such a great storyline and so many ways to solve a a game that almost feels like a puzzle. Every mission feels like a puzzle. And um, and part of me also being French wanted to know what was his experience building that game in the last four years, living in France and working with French developers. So um, Harvest Miss is the creative director um, at Arcane Studios working on Dishonored and Dishonored 2. And it just basically, it was an amazing, it was like 90 minutes, Q&A included, of him going through the game, going through the game design decision, while uh, Frank Lentz, who is the director of the uh, New York University Game Center, was playing the game. And uh, anyway, just like, just a small anecdote, Frank Lentz seemed like he never played this game before and (laughs) doesn't seem like he's great at video games. But by the end of the talk, he knew how to kill people in the game in a very fashionable way like this game gets really graphical when you end up uh, killing people in a stealth way or non-stealth way was he able Uh, to was he playing like with sound on or not because I, i feel like some of those games are so the sound is so important yeah, so there was like 100 people, and uh, quickly enough, they were demoing the game, and I was like, can we turn the volume up? And uh, and so we, we had the full experience, and they kind of kept the sound in the background, but they had it on a projector in like a in like a like a conference center and and you need you need you know you yeah you need the sound and you need the you need the full experience so they, he was just like sitting next to probably playing he was playing on pc uh, but playing on a controller and then uh, the creative director was next to him commenting about what we were seeing on the screen and um so they had a few missions pre-saved and um and man i mean i just i could hear them talking about this game for for hours um if you haven't played the dishonored series i mean this talk for sure made me decide that at some point in the next few weeks i'm going to pick it up when i have more time on my schedule i'm going to pick up the dishonored 2 and and play this game because man i mean you know the the effort they put the inspiration they get from the world uh the work that they put and and they 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 put together this worth this, this game together it's it's so it's so good. It and 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 hearing the creative director telling you how how the process has been going is even more insightful as to how beautiful a game is 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 being made. Like the process itself is fascinating. I mean, yeah, Ryan, you're part of the, like the you know you're part of the creations too of of you know designing uh, you know web interfaces and everything, but. It gets to another level when it's about game creation. I mean, yeah. Um, oh, I totally agree. It's 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 so fascinating. So basically, if if to give you a short example, when you go in a mission, um, most of the time it goes. Um, they they break it up in small teams. Uh, one team of two or three people will take care of a a room or a building which is part of a mission. Or sometimes it's it's the f- the full mission is 
is happening in one building and you have a level designer and you have an architecture designer and the level designer will kind of go crazy will kind of give you the artistic direction of the place the architecture designer will much more care about the flow uh, and we talk a lot there is a, a recurring theme in video game development which is about flow it's about this dilemma of timing it right between uh, the moment when you are in combat when like you know a lot of action is happening when you have to deal with enemies when you have to solve things and at the time when you have to travel around explore uh, not much is happening you just have to open your eyes and look around and it's and and pretty much game designing a game pretty much is about timing loops right so you have the loop of the golden path which is from begin beginning to end how do you complete the mission but then you incorporate more loops how do you find time to go and explore parts of rooms you would never go to but because you may know from a previous experience in the game that there's a secret or like a piece that you would get to get more abilities etc yeah. etc it's like it doesn't apply like the talk that he was giving us were not just applying to Dishonor 2 it was pretty much telling us how to make a good game <laughs> which was like <laughs> then remind rem, I would like to remind you this was free I mean I was not from the school I was not invited I could RSVP on even bright and it was like you can come and hear this guy who has won, I don't know how many awards in 2016 when the game came out. Just let let us know how he made that game. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I mean, you know, it was just so good. And um, and he made well, me really, like, want to play this game. It sounds like, too, that you got a little bit um, what was going on in my brain with the sort of... I guess when you when you hear like anyone describe how they made their game or the work and the effort that goes into making a game, not only does it make me want to play the game like hell, which it sounds like you had the same thing where you're like, oh, am I going to pick this game up? But also at the same time, uh, it really makes you appreciate mm -hmm. like all that goes into these things. I mean, we use these things are pure joy entertainment experiences for us um sometimes i mean sometimes they're critical art pieces for us but mostly what they are is a collective thousands of hours of blood sweat and tears mm -hmm. from a bunch of people who are working on it and not always having like the easiest time or the best day doing it so yeah that's that's really cool man so did you um did you, like were there any questions that like stood out to you that he answered in like a way that surprised you or was there you know did you ask a question or anything like that well i mean i have to i have a little bit of a even though i never talked to frank lentz at the nyu game center but sandy knows uh we've had i have a rough time with frank lentz he doesn't know who i am but every time i want to ask a question i always have questions mm -hmm. but he would never he would never um call on you he would never um let me ask a question although Master. he did but there was like me and two other people next to me raising hands so it was like yeah people in the back figure out who wants to ask the question and i was the polite polite dude who was like ask the question my question is not that important so i didn't get to ask my question but i, I feel like my question was about more about the i wanted to ask him because he compared to other um game companies he said that he's the creative director who has the who you know in fact has the saying on the creative direction that's this job but uh, one particularity of arcane studio is that he's kind of like the person giving the final word so 
not just about the design, not just about the feel and look of it, but also about the gameplay, about how the flow of the game looks. And he's like, I was the one being the creative director, but you can call me the production, you know, the production director. Um, you can call me the, you know, head of production. I was the one giving the final word on when I was play testing it. I would be the one giving the final word and be like, yeah, I like this or yeah. no, I don't, I don't. And that's like a particularity that I didn't know uh, happen at Arkin Studio. And I, you know, we don't really know how it works in other studios. But he was like, this is one of our thing. I am one of those who is gi who is giving the final word. I'm not just giving the word on the creative part, on the illustration, on the artistic look. I'm giving a, my own. I'm giving my my idea, my perception of the whole package. You know, I'm saying yes or no. This will be in the game, or no, this will not. And that's like a particularity that I didn't that I, that surprised me. That you know, strike me. One other interesting. Yeah, it feels kind was, of unprecedented, doesn't it? Yeah, and one other. Um, Interesting fact was about their relationship to the produ with the producers. You know, back then when they released Dishonored 2, they had the big pressure. They were like, oh, well, there's Resident Evil Tomb Raider, uh, Lara Croft. And, uh, and they were like, well, you know, publisher could come to us and be like, hey, you guys are making a game kind of like an action adventure. Here is Tomb Raider that is doing good. You, you know, do this and this and that that is in Tomb Raider. Um, thing is, I mean, if you have a studio that the publisher trusts in, you that's that's the best relationship you can have it's all about trust because those guys are working on it for four years you're pretty much investing into a studio for four years without without receiving money back when you're a publisher that's a lot of pressure and that could make you be very demanding and make you be kind of like a sound like a dickhead you know it's like hey <laughs> like when you when you ship when are you shipping that and if you ship that just make sure you include this because it seems like this is what's working right now um but all you know the end all be all of this talk was just like If you if you unite great talents and people with experience, you end up with you end up with full trust from the publishers, and um, and it's just about long term relationships being solid and being consistent and just it's just a lot about trust. What mm. he said, he was like, we're very lucky with our publishers. We're very lucky that they were trusting us. Part of it was the fact that they made Dishonored one, um, and then Dishonored two, they were able to push further uh some of the ideas that they had with dishonored one and they had more time and they had more resources to make a better game and that's where dishonored 2 was a, was a great sequel is that a core the core team was made dishonored one and they were able to they were able to develop and explore and extend their the potential in dishonored 2 uh without really killing uh killing the Killing the atmosphere, killing the the what worked in the first sequel. So it was mm. fascinating, and he said, you know, most of the part of like seeing a successful game is that the relationship between the developers and the publisher are like indestructible. They're really solid, and both work hands in hands. And if the developers need time, then the publisher will give it to them. Um, so that was that was you know someone asked their question, and it were most of them were game students like game design students and uh you know most of them are going to look for a job after they graduate from this school and they were just very very curious about how is the work-life balance how is the um, how is the not the work-life balance they all know that it's tough but how is the how is the work atmosphere how is the relationship with the third parties how is the relationship with the with the other designers how is how are the team built how is the flow of work and how is the relationship with the with the publishers and uh 
and you just it just seems like it just you know you put talented people in a room together you nail it yeah you nail it you know um there was one funny question they were like uh, like us yeah exactly <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they were asking us um was one funny question they were like so like when you make a sequel how much of the assets of the first one get reused and um and it was like you know Uh, it was like, unfortunately, part of being a game designer sometimes is about redesigning a chair 15 times. You know? yeah. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're creating a new world, you have to work on chairs. That's the thing. And uh, at the end of the Q&A, they were like, so like, you were not able to reuse a chair from Dishonored 1? It was like, well, you know, there is such a technical, technological leap from one game to another, like four years apart, uh, that even when you make a chair... When you redesign a chair, you have to make sure that this chair responds to lighting. And the lighting effects are better yeah. in the new consoles compared to the old ones. So it's like you don't just make a design of a chair. You also design how the chair reacts to lighting, which is super, like, amazing. I'm like, okay, well, I thought, you know, just, just design the shape, the color. And maybe, you know, with the pixel, you know, you just define the definition of it. But no. You have to look at how it reacts to elements, how it reacts to lighting and everything that surrounds it. And, and everything comes to pieces at the end in the game. It's like, okay. It never ends. It's just it always, ends. always happening. Yeah. So well, that's cool, man. I, worth uh, it. Oh, I hope I, you know, I'm tweeting at him. A lot of people have been requesting, people close to the show have been requesting to have guests on the show. And this is someone that, you know, I wanted to talk to. Unfortunately, the room was really packed and I couldn't really approach him that much. Yeah. Uh, without using another two hours of my time. Um, but I, I, you know, planning on reaching out to him on Twitter. Uh, you can find him. I think it's uh, Harvey1966 or something like that, his Twitter handle. Oh, cool. Uh, Harvest, Harvest Smith, creative director of Arkin Studio. And um, and I hope we can get him on the show. That would be a, a very, very nice, look, like, luxurious moment that we would have because he's, he's, he's a very talented guy. Oh, uh, well, as, as Sandy as Sandy accompanies us in chat, Sandy, how are we doing so far? <laughs> great. She says great. Oh, thank God. She, Sandy's <laughs> losing our voice listeners, if you guys don't know. Yeah, she, she, so she Sandy's going to sit out the rest of the show, but uh, or she, she'll only chime in when absolutely, absolutely necessary. Absolutely she's, necessary. She's, she also said she, sir, I'll, I'll have to monitor Sandy's, Sandy, I'm going to monitor your comments in real time, so I'll, I'll break in and I'll do Sandy voice to do your stuff. Does that sound good? She's going <laughs> to yeah, say Sandy, yes. She's Sandy going to say yes, I can tell. Yeah, Sandy's currently chatting on the Discord to, to give her, give us her <laughs> approval because she's the, she has the final word on the show as well. That's a real like commitment, Smith, folks. Right? She is in dire straits here with this voice and she is still going to do this. So still here. Unbelievable. Still here. All right, well dude, so my second piece of 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 stuff for the, the week, I guess, is StarCraft is free. Uh, what? <laughs> yay. Um yeah, not StarCraft 2. Um but StarCraft 1, if you guys remember last week on the show or I think last time we were together, um I said they took StarCraft off the store. It said sold out. It was very weird. And apparently this is a promise they had made a while ago. Um, but so, yeah, if you want to play StarCraft 1, you can go do it. It's free and you can do it right now. But, um, Yannick, have you have you played the original StarCraft? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I've said on the show my first Blizzard experience was not Warcraft. 
um, I thought I remember being was it Diablo three, but it was well yeah Diablo but like I think before that I I'm pretty sure I still have the CD uh, I think I have to yeah. build some kind of a relic I have to bring stuff for friends and build some kind of like a relic you know a, a shelf and uh, and I have the small CD disc the, the 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 cd package with the cd inside and it's and it's starcraft and i have starcraft blood war uh that i religiously bought um and yeah no i i played this game without really knowing what i was doing i, I you know when you play a game you, yeah me too you, you me purchase too purchase a game and you're it's 1998 i mean uh, i don't even know if i purchased it i think somebody maybe burned a copy on like a blank burned, cd yeah. for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very common too. But you don't really know what you're doing. It's just an amazing game. And then like, now oh. we're here 20 years later and we're still talking about it. It's like, huh, I guess <laughs> I, I guess that was a huge hit. <laughs> yeah, I guess they I guess they did it real good, right? Yeah. Um yeah, no, it, it was an amazing experience and it was probably that and Angel of Empires was probably my only <sighs> real amazing experience of RTS games. Yeah, Age ever. of Empires, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It's you know what? I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna play it. <laughs> yeah, this we week, should. I'm gonna get into it. We're gonna. That'll play be a it. cool stream. We should all stream some st- original StarCraft. Sandy, yep. does that sound good? Yeah. I'm answering. She didn't type in it. <laughs> yeah, boy, I anticipated it. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. Yes, yes. Brood War, do f- do it. Go pro, go pro now in South Korea. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah is everything I mean, that Starcraft she said. Two, Starcraft Two is dead. So you know. StarCraft 2, apparently, right, Sandy has told us it's dead. So I actually, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember that you could cheat in StarCraft 1? I mean, like any game back in the 90s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I remember some of these, uh, I remember some of these cheats so vividly, and I just thought I, w- I would go through a couple of them. So uh, if you, I think you do this, you just press, if you're in single player, this doesn't work with multiplayer cheaters, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if you're in single player, you can press enter, which opens up the chat menu, and you can type in some of the following cheats. And these are all lowercase with proper spacing. Mm-hmm. Black sheep wall. What do you think that does? I mean, I have the article in front of me, but you're going to have have to spoil it for people. (laughs) All right, so that reveals the entire map. (laughs) Makes sense, right? Black sheep wall. (laughs) Black sheep wall. Breathe deep gives you 500 Vespian gas. Food for thought eliminates unit supply limit, which was amazing because you could just build, like, all of the, like, carriers and the massive vehicles and have it not count towards your, like, unit cap. Yeah. Um Game over, man, which is a reference to Alien 2 um, that instantly lose the mission. <laughs> Just cause yourself to fail. Oh, but read I also... the instantly win mission. Oh, let me find instant instantly win the mission. There is no cow level. <laughs> How good is that? Just these uh, cheats are good so good. Back then already, huh? Uh, I remember so uh, so vividly. Show me the money. Which is ten thousand units of minerals and Vespian gas, and was that a reference to Duke Nukem? Show me the money. Or was it what like was that's it a, something that's with Jerry Maguire? That's show me the money. I feel like Duke Nukem had a reference to that. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure Duke, Duke Nukem was referencing everybody else too, and of course, <laughs> uh, power overwhelming, power overwhelming, uh, gives you invincibility, and that's I want that that's to be just a voice him. line in Overwatch. 
Yeah, all of these should be. There is no cow level. Would be amazing and and to hear enough for much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, well. I mean, it's probably. I didn't know about those cheat code. Cheat code. I don't think the internet was that um, available to us back then. Yeah. Um, Sadie yeah, said Reinhardt should say yeah. there is no count level. <laughs> Power overwhelming. Yeah. Is that your Reinhardt impression? Come on, you can do it. <laughs> How does he sound? Oh, no, now I'm doing it. <laughs> what is what's something? What's something Reinhardt definitely says? Um, he has one when uh, he has one I can't remember, you know, but like the old guy that he used to be. No, but you know, he's an old man, but he used to be way better than this. Oh, especially I'm, I'm, about his hairstyle. He used to have an amazing hairstyle, and in the new event that they released, he has a spray where he has amazing hairstyle with like blonde long hair and looks amazing. And that's probably what he's mentioning. <laughs> Sandy said, "Ha ha, still kicking." Exactly. Yeah. Don't worry, yeah. Don't worry, my friends. I am your shield. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You nailed yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the one. Oh, that's man. the line you want. Uh, but no, uh, to get back on StarCraft, those even though back in the day cheating was common, that was probably the easiest one. Um, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, the, the Sims had that sort of just press enter. That was like the way you did it. Yeah, but uh, the the Sim was even a bit more technical. You had to uh, enter a cheat code, and then you would amplify it by pressing. Uh, Exclamation point, semicolon, back and forth and back and forth. That's oh the one that yes, I will always yeah. remember by heart. <laughs> and it's and funny then how you would even even go to the. Uh, I don't know if you have that. I mean, for you guys right now, it's the deli or the press shop. But you would go into the video game section, and the biggest part of the video game section back in the days in the nineties, if you don't remember, I mean, at least for me in France, it was those full uh, like two hundred page. Uh, like tall or thick uh cheat code book where like oh yeah that just came out had the cheat code list was like and it was sold out you had a hard time finding them too and uh and then all of a sudden as you grow and as the industry grew people were like nope no more cheat code that's not the thing yeah i don't know why cheat codes went away i I find them so like so good like to to me escape yeah yeah, they're they're great, especially like if you're if you're not playing a game for the sort of intended reason, I guess if that makes any sense. Of like, look, I'm not here to have StarCraft be hard. I just kind of want to listen to dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> and like play mm-hmm. and kill some aliens. Like, that's fun to me. All right, so that's yeah. anyway. StarCraft's free. Go get it. It's free. Yeah, get it. Play it if you if you don't know what generation we're talking about. That's a good throwback. That's a good you know flashback into 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 old times. The good old times, man. Yeah, and you might actually and find out free. why the heck we're such Blizzard fanboys on this show. I know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you, maybe you'll see the light. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, what do you talking got? about? Some fla- some some flashback. I'm I'm gonna talk about a a series that has lost me in the past years, but might. Get me back, man. Might get me back. Mm. If I tell you World War Two, if I tell you World War Two, oh, and if I tell you Call of Duty, and you put those two together, oh, finally. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we had the rumor. We talked about it on, on the show. Um, Sandy's gonna flip a table. What are you talking about? Sandy, Sandy's flipping a table. What is she flipping a table about? We'll know in a little bit. <laughs> Call of Duty. 
Um, the new this is remember this announced. is Sandy. Sandy like came to us a couple weeks ago. She was like, "Guys, it's going back to World War II. And I just I was yep. like, "Sure, if you say so." Yeah, yeah. They did say that they wanted to after the disappointment of Infinite Warfare last year, uh, where they just pushed it too far. The 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 game Activision just didn't really see the sales spike up with this latest Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. uh, Sledgehammer Games, who is the studio developing the next Call of Duty this year, is announced announced a um, a version of Call of Duty called Call of Duty World War Two, and uh, apparently uh, the co-founder of Sledgehammer announced in a Twitter video that they've been working two and a half years on researching on World War Two, going to the UK, and the storyline will be also based mainly on the story of the UK Army. The British Army um, fighting in the World War Two, and uh, so that, that, that I'm very excited because, like I've been saying, I've been waiting for a uh, war game. Battlefield gave us some hints, some some taste of it. Going throwback, Battlefield one going a little bit more traditional in the war games and going to historical fights and not really imagining sci-fi events or potential things happening. Yeah. Um, and especially going really just like shortcuts into everything's happening in the Middle East, blah blah blah, and um, and 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 Call of Duty um, might get me back because like the best Call of Duties were number one, number two, going kind of like modern or past age, and uh, was really really an amazing time. Um, and 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 this one I can't wait what they're gonna do. Um, they said that they were going like I said two and a half years of research into the history. And uh, I know that they're always good at building solo campaigns, and I want them to take a, see them take a take, um, have a take on the Call of Duty, uh, on on the World War Two. Sorry, and you one of their illustration, yeah, and one of their illustrations shows them shows soldiers, um, uh, standing besides those cross like metal cross pieces, that were deployed on the Omaha Beach in Normandy. And so eventually we'll have another incarnation of this um, historical battle on the Normandy beaches uh, mm -hmm. where the American soldiers and other soldiers were um, um, fleets were arriving at the, on the beaches and facing the German on those on those and, and having unfortunately lost lost a lot, a lot of a lot of men, a lot of soldiers. But um, I remember enjoying very much the Medal of Honor. Um, game uh, yeah. which was called En Première Ligne in French because I remember the French version I don't know if you remember the name of the sequel Ryan um, in English uh, uh, Medal of Honor Frontline Frontline probably yeah, yeah. and uh, the first mission was you're a US soldier your friend next to you is puking because they're seasick and oh you, yeah you, I do remember this you you come out in this like incredible battle and I remember finishing these games five five times just just to get through that this first amazing mission. <laughs> I think and I remember the, Medal of Honor also having it. It might be Call of Duty. I mean, my mind gets kind of mixed and mushy with this yes. stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, didn't Medal of Honor had like a great not only a good co op campaign and co op I think is super important with war games, mm -hmm. but it also had this great like bridge fight sequence that I remember. I feel like there were snipers or something bearing down on you and like you just basically had to cross a bridge and that was like really compelling. Sa Sandy's on the chat saying, I'm done with World War II games. 
But these days, kids are dumb and don't realize it's an actual thing. <laughs> yes. No, kids will forget. So it's good to remind them. I think this is if it's well done. And Call of Duty has shown great, great work on 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 um, on storylines. They're just been going too far in futuristic stuff. And I think yeah. that if, if they use research and they use their art into making great storylines and with with the latest technologies, the latest graphics and the game will probably come out on PS4, Xbox PC. Uh, if you go on sledgehammer.games.com, uh, you can get updated, and that will already give you um, a free a free uh, supply box, a supply drop. Of course, where you can get <laughs> skins and weapons. Of course, <laughs> and it, it starts right here, man. And uh, the the release date has been leaked, not official. Um, on um, uh, on November third is what is being rumored. Uh, as this podcast come out, this is probably the day. If you're watching, if you're listening to us on Wednesday, today at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, they will have a world reveal of the uh, of the game itself, probably with a gameplay trailer and and so on and so forth. I hope. And uh, you have more details. But there is one thing that leaked with the release, and you were just talking about co-op, but it's going to be interesting because the co-op mode is going to be a standalone experience. So what means standalone oh. experience? Which me- it means that most of the games, when you have a solo campaign, you can play it in 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 co-op, and uh, s- standalone co-op means that you will have a piece of the storyline or at least, you know, an experience that will exclusively be available in co-op. So we'll have exclusive missions being played in co-op. Um, different well, I hope they're good because so, my brother Kyle and I tried to play Dead Rising 4. He bought Dead Rising 4 this weekend, which has, like, a totally acceptable, fine, like, single-player experience. But mm-hmm. the multiplayer was, like, these specialized missions that I... I think Dead Rising 4's multiplayer or co-op multiplayer specifically sucks. It's really, really bad. So I hope mm-hmm. these aren't like tasteless, no presentation wrapped around them. Because like you said, Call of Duty is known for like usually pretty, uh, at least huge set pieces in their campaigns. It's, it's uh, Sandy says she's waiting for Call of Candy. And the candies are German gummy bears. What a surprise that Sandy mentioned get gummy bears involved. And you take each Nazi gummy bear out, but then the Japanese Moki come in and boom. Okay, great. So tasteless okay, great. Great scenario. World War II references <laughs> from Sandy. Too far. Too far. Oh, Mushi. Sorry, Mushi. Come in. All right. And so, boom. I mean, just to tell you guys out there, you might get to hear me more about this Call of Duty and you might hear me get excited about Call of Duty again. Uh, yeah, me I'm too. I'm sure I'm not. I'm not the only one. I'm sure I'm not the only one excited. Hey, also, if it's Wednesday and you're living in the future, go get Puyo Puyo Tetris for Nintendo Switch. It looks good. And Mario Kart comes out in two days <laughs> for you. Well, that's future true. people. Mario Kart, so you should be cool. excited about. Uh, and Sandy's excited about that, uh, based on her. Mario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mario. Kart I hope we can figure out how to play Mario Kart online, Sandy. We'll see. You guys should do it. All right, so my final piece of news for the day is uh, SGDC. Uh, SGDQ. Sorry, SGDQ. <laughs> <laughs> Where come what from? is SGDC? Is Game Developers Conference. There's too many GDs um, uh, references inside of this, uh, this dang industry. But Summer Games Done Quick is 
a oh, a charity that? event that is held, uh, I think, twice annually now. Where I know that mm-hmm. there's like uh, winter games done quick, and now there's summer games done quick. Hopefully, there's not going to add fall and spring games done quick. Um, but this is a a multi day event. It goes from uh, Sunday to Sunday. It goes from July second to July 9th. And it's going to contain basically some of the best people uh, in the entire world at playing video games basically as fast as they can possibly be played, mm-hmm. playing them at that speed. And you're talking about, like, you know, there's uh, – so somebody says here that they've got a Breath of the Wild uh, speed run uh, with uh, no Amiibo, no DLC at 40 minutes and 58 seconds from start to finish. So, pretty insane. <laughs> and, um, of course, you have games, you know, like some of your old classic games, like the Mario Brothers and stuff, and people have figured out ways to just, like, break those. And it's really amazing to watch. If you love video games or if you just love technology and like to see how people can break um, technology in order to, like, benefit them, um, it's it's really kind of cool. Sandy's trying to point out that that the SNES Mini might happen, but I'm still mad about the NES Classic. So yeah, that's too easy for Nintendo to just be like, yeah. "Yo, we're preparing a new one after retiring the other one." That doesn't work. But to go back to your topic, uh, I mean, I'm excited to see. Uh, I see a part of this event being um, a game that are going to be speedrun that we've never seen before. Pretty much recent game that are going to be speedrun, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, super you know, hot without, Titanfall without 2, Tucker. Dark Souls 3. Yeah. Super hot, super hot, uh, done quick. That I want to see that. Um, yeah. <laughs> me too. This game is amazing. So if, you, if you're able to finish it and get me through all the levels, and wow, like that, that can be really cool. Dark Souls 3, I'm sure it's been done on Twitch, but I, I, I wouldn't want to see. I, I, I remember spotting some uh, uh, Bloodborne done quick and. Uh, and it's really fascinating the way they they just shred bosses. Like, how can you do that? I barely, I barely can make the, make it one try on each of those bosses. Uh, Titanfall two, you said it. Myro's Edge Catalyst, which is a, a beautiful game as well. And, yeah, uh, it's a fantastic game. Even Zelda. We'll see. We'll see Zelda Zelda being done in less than an hour, which is fascinating to me. That's, yeah, I mean, like uh, that. That's you got to have some level of skill to be able to pull something yeah. like that off. And it's all for charity. I I, I love this kind of stuff. And. Uh, and uh, and he goes for a week, so there is no there is no excuse. You can always tune into ten minutes of it, give a quick donation, and it will. What what association is it going for? Uh, um, doctors, I, mean, doctors I, I think Doctors Without Borders, Borders is is their traditional thing, which yeah. is a really great charity. It's basically doctors that volunteer their time to go anywhere and everywhere uh, to um, basically do doctor stuff, which is <laughs> not a great pitch. <laughs> Recognize. Nope. All right, so wait a minute. Now here, Sandy. Sandy is saying the NES Classic is at Best Buy, limited supplies in store only. Okay. Do you want me to relay that this news? Because I read also a little bit about it. Yeah. Tell tell me a little yeah. bit about this. So for for Sandy out here, so I'm not going to use Sandy's voice because I'm also you know <laughs> my okay. voice is not at its best right now. Okay. Uh, probably need to be more hydrated. But um, she um, she's talking about the NES Classic. So the one we mentioned last week being sadly canceled. Uh, Best Buy is probably trying to clear their stocks. And uh, NES Classic is going to be on sale uh, at their store. So that's probably 
It's it's it, it came out on Monday of this week. If you're listening to the show on release day once again, yeah. Um, so you may be unlucky as you listen to us and go to Best Buy and see them out of stock. Uh, that may totally happen, considering the fact that they're really not looking at raising the price, but more looking at emptying their warehouses. And um, crazy, by the way, if, it, if yes. that, this is hard to get, but yeah, and it's crazy that they are the, the only one doing this. Um, hey, do you so want to go on an adventure with me, Yannick? Mm-hmm. You do you trust me? Go go ahead. I don't okay. trust you, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Thank you for calling Best Buy in El Camino Real. <laughs> Today we are open from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. Tomorrow we are open from 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. Look at this robot. Calling about the Galaxy S8 or Galaxy S8 Plus? I am no. not. It is now available. Not at all. Please visit nope. your local Best Buy store or BestBuy.com for the latest inventory. Oh my God, talk person. We are unable to provide inventory levels over the phone. For all oh. other inquiries, oh, please remain on the line. Inventory for levels. product availability or sales, please press 1. They won't talk about inventory levels, but they'll talk no. about product availability. Yeah. Here we go. For product availability, press 1. Yes. For all other questions. Product availability. Welcome to the product yeah. availability self-service app. Oh, God. In order to so we're not talking about inventory. Do you have 10 or, 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 or 11 or 12 or 20 pieces? We're just asking you if, if you're going to have it or not. Please enter the 5 to 8 digit SKU number of the product, and I'll check the availability. Uh -huh. Press the pound key when complete. If you do not have the number, press zero. Uh, zero. I want human. <laughs> How hard is this? Oh, uh, customer care. Silence. That's I a good silence. Yeah, I press zero. Yeah, no, Please enter the easy. five to eight digit SKU number. Zero. Human. Zero. Zero. Human. Rip. Sandy's typing in random. Oh, Sandy's, so Sandy's giving me the, the skew. Okay. Five. In Discord chat that may get us through. Who knows? That's an adventure. I did it. What the hell? Should I speak French? Please wait while I check. Oh. There's no inventory information available for that product. For some products, quantity information can only be provided what? at the store. What's the number you gave us? To check availability of Sammy? another product, press one, or press two. Oh, <laughs> a lot of is. zero. I give it a lot of zero. Here it is. Thank you for calling Best Buy. How may I help you? Hey, um, hi. My name's Ryan, and I am looking for uh, a Nintendo NES Classic. I know apparently you guys have some in stock. We we have some in stock tonight. We're doing an NES Classic release tomorrow. Um, this will be the last batch of the NES Classic. Um, Nintendo is no longer making them. Uh, so first come, first serve. So you're not selling them tonight? No, not tonight. It's tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow morning when you open. Yes, yeah, so we hand out um, tickets at 9.30. Um, yeah, and we open at 10. Okay, so you're handing out the tickets tomorrow at 9.30. Yes. Okay. Wow. And, w and what was your name? Jisha. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome, and you have a great day. All right, you too. Thank you. Bye. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Sandy, Sandy is making the gaspy face. <laughs> she was weirded out about the fact that you asked the name again. But, hey, she didn't know she was on Pixels Weekly. we got to give her that. I mean, she, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, Starstruck. You're part. You, not every day you're part of Pixels Weekly podcast. Come on. I think what I did was illegal, technically. <laughs> <laughs> without notifying someone uh, that they're being recorded but that was for non-profit reasons and she was a good person and it's a, it's good publicity for best buy honestly so listeners if you're listening to this you are um out of luck because today <laughs> today yeah. is sunday and it's already passed for you but apparently tomorrow uh if i'm bold enough I could try and go into work late and get an NES Classic, and honestly, I don't think I'm gonna. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think and to I'm follow gonna. Up on, and to follow up on this news, so it's not like it doesn't seem like Nintendo is letting us down that much. Um, they will come up with the same kind of branding, the same kind of uh, idea, but instead uh, providing us with a mini Super Nintendo. A mini SNES uh, coming up in a, in a few days, in a few following weeks. We don't have any, uh, we, we, you know, it says we might see a mini SNES by the end of the year. Um, this kills me because if they release broad. it in the same quantities, I don't want to have to fight tooth and nail, Nintendo. Let me give you the money and yeah. you give me the thing. No, so it's coming. Unbelievable. We'll see. Maybe they will come up with a few fixes that... How not to have the console being hacked, just like it happened for the NES Classic. Yeah. Um, I don't know how Sandy is going to figure out how to respond to this, but I'm going to ask you first, Yannick. Do you say SNES or SNES? I mean, I guess I should. Can I say Super Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah, you can absolutely (laughs) say Super Nintendo. (laughs) But I would say SNES if you had to put the acronym out there. And I. Sandy is approving my. my Sandy is saying, yeah, SNES. SNES. I call I would call it SNES too, or I would call it Super Nintendo. I'd probably usually refer to it as Super S-S-S? Nintendo. SNES, SNES. <laughs> yeah, right. The SNES. <laughs> Who knows? Because that's what this one it is. Super NES. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe. God, that was a great piece of news with facts here. Yeah, we my mind is su- clouded now. The best we, we, Buy's gonna have them. Yeah, we called the suppliers right here on the show. It's, Unbelievable. You, know, you have it there, people. You have it's it. It's true. Yeah. Breaking news. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you think that does it? That does it. I mean, you know, Sandy, I hope you feel better. And everybody, come on the Discord, come on Instagram or Twitter and give some love to Sandy's voice to, to yeah. get get the virus out of her body. We want her full speed next week. And don't don't sure. think we're messing with you. Sandy, jump on for one second and then let us know how you sound. Or did you already stop recording? I did stop recording, but like. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to build more sympathy for you. <laughs> it's just gonna like crack, and then I'm gonna be like, oh no. Well, oh. the real reason I asked you back is because the end of the show isn't the same without us saying you can get every episode for free at pixelsweekly.com. Of course, you can subscribe on iTunes or. Apple Podcasts, <laughs> what they're calling the phone version of it. Uh, you can go uh, get us on Overcast. You can get us uh, at uh, Pixelscast on Twitter, at Pixels Weekly, everywhere else. And until next time. Adios. Au revoir. And we'll see you next week.